The Fert Show. We will talk to Dawn here, who is wondering if her boyfriend is being shady or not. Hey, Dawn. Hey there, Bert. Good morning. How are you? Oh, great. Thank you for asking. It's uh, I just got this one thing on my mind. I can't wait to tell you all about it. All right, let's go. So I want to know if I should, like, consider this a red flag or if I should just mind my own business for now. I started dating someone a few weeks ago, and we aren't exclusive, but I really like him. I recently went to his apartment, and I noticed that all his ex-girlfriend stuff is still there. It's his apartment, but there's an entire closet of her clothes that are hers. All her products are still in the bathroom, too, like, even in the kitchen. There are things that are clearly hers. I asked him why she hasn't taken it all with her, and he said because she thinks they're just on a break and that they will be getting back together. I asked him if that was his plan, too, and he said absolutely not, but he has no interest in getting back with her. <laughs> I asked him, like, why he doesn't tell her that, like, and have her pick up all her crap. He says it's just easier not to, but I don't, I don't really believe that. He said he doesn't feel like dealing with the fighting or the crying or the endless conversation that she's going to want to have. But she just figures that if they stay on this break long enough, she finds somebody else or that she'll decide on her own that she's ready to move on. I mean, does this seem weird to you at all? <laughs> you think that he's being honest? Oh, Don, bless your heart. Uh, <laughs> does this seem weird to us? I mean, of course. Of course. If, he, if they were really broken. How long have you been going out with this dude? I mean, just a few weeks, not too long. And how recent was this breakup? He said it was like like two months ago, three months ago. I mean, sometimes people have a hard time accepting reality. And it sounds, it it could be legit that she's not accepting that the two of them are broken up and was refusing to come over and get her stuff. And he, not wanting to look like the bad guy, doesn't want to pack all her stuff up into a box and, like, hand it to her. So now the stuff is just lingering in this place. I don't know. Uh, I know when breakups that I've had, like, especially when you're, when you've moved in with each other, once the breakup is over, that stuff is gone. That is gone quickly. Yeah, I don't want to be reminded by that. Yeah, this this is shady to me for for a couple reasons. For one, when you asked him about it and he said it's what she wants, I don't think that matters. It really should come down to what he wants because it's his place and it's his stuff. Now, if he wanted to keep it because he didn't want to deal with the arguing and all of the extra stuff, I get that part of it. I really do. But I feel like if you know you're going to have a new love yeah. interest come over, mm-hmm. you got to box that up, player. Like you could, <laughs> <laughs> you, I saw that of mine. Yes, you can box it up, put it wherever you need to put it, <laughs> and that's how you store it. But to just have it everywhere, uh-uh. that'd be a red flag for me. Big yeah. time. Yeah, in those first few weeks, you can tell when a boy's been ran through because you go into his bathroom and there's like Olaplex in the, in the shower, and you're like, ah, yes, someone's cooked here before. This is... <laughs> This is a huge red flag for me, just like what you guys said. Like, it's what she wants. Well, it doesn't matter anymore because you guys are broken up, or so you say, which is why I think that... They're, they're not actually broken up. Mm-hmm. I think that maybe they quote unquote are on a break and this is just that shady time between or where the rules are a little bit more bent and in a couple of weeks he's probably going to dump you and go back to her because her, her stuff's already in the closet. Yeah, we got ourselves a good old fashioned choose your own adventure. Either he is cheating on you or he's spineless. Yeah. I mean, he, he, <laughs> those, are, those are the only two avenues you got. I mean, Don, what you can't do is just be forthcoming and be like, hey, so, you know, 
I know you say like you all are broken up and and that's fine, but it's a little awkward coming over to your place and there's a bunch of like yeah. there's a bunch of stuff from another w- woman. So I'm just going to, I'm not going to come over to your place anymore until that's taken yeah. care of. And then see how he handles that. If he takes care of it, all right then. If he doesn't, run. Right. That's fair. <laughs> Fast. I completely agree. That's your assignment, Don. okay? All righty. Well, it's shady. Thank you, guys. All right. For sure it's shady. Aww. It's not even close. <laughs> <laughs> We're freezing our balls off. It's so shady. <laughs> All right. Alicia wants some cash here, Kristen. How's she going to get it? All right. Alicia, welcome to the Burt Show. Did you hear the five Usher clips we played earlier? I did. All right. We're going to play them one more time. Here we go. Yeah. All right, name those five Usher songs in order, and we will give you $200. Okay, so the first one I got is DJ Gotta Fall in Love. The second one, Nice and Slow. Third one, You Remind Me. Fourth one, You Make Me Wanna. And the fifth one, Love in the Club. That was easy. That was easy. That's $200 right there. That's super easy. Yeah. Thank you. That's a nice little chunk of change. Just waking up on a Tuesday morning. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank I, you. I take it you're excited for the Super Bowl halftime performance this weekend? I am. I love Usher. He's been my husband in my head since I was in the fourth grade. I'm 35. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Enjoy the $200. Let me put you on hold, okay? Thank you. All right. Bye now. The Bird Show. All right, Mo. Let's play a game of healthy or toxic relationship. That's exactly what we are doing. And I thought this was a very interesting debate, and I was curious as to what you guys would think. Um, So a friend of mine, well, a a really, really good friend of mine has another best friend, and he has a birthday coming up. My friend has a birthday coming up, and he was trying to plan a trip to get, like, all of the guys in his life who are really good friends with him to come on this trip. So there's one guy in particular who, in this group, is married. Now, This is interesting because I've always spoke about how when men typically get away from their marriages, at least in my experiences, and they get to speak openly about their experiences being married, there's usually some venting that takes place. And there's things that they usually like. There are things that they don't like so much. And it is what it is. This guy in particular is if I had to choose of all of the men I've ever known who speak about their marriages behind their marriages back, this man never has a bad thing to say. Mm -hmm. Like... Ever. Like, he handled it the way I, as a man, feel like I would want to if I got married. He he wasn't, he didn't, he never felt rushed into marriage. He got married when he was older. He had it all out of his system. He knew this is exactly what he wanted. His wife was a bit older. She got everything out of her system. They have kids together. They travel together. It just feels like the, the healthiest of relationships. So anytime he really speaks towards his relationship, I'm all ears because I like the way that he speaks to it and the way that he handles it. Mm-hmm. Now, with this trip coming up, When we were talking about this trip, planning this trip, a few months ago, a while ago, we had no idea what the destination would be. But at that time, everybody was all in. Like, everybody at the table was like, it's your birthday, this is a big one for you, let's do it. When you say everybody's all in, these are men, women, these are couples? These are all men. Okay. So it's it's, it's five men, two are married, two are single, one is in just a relationship. And so of the two married men, one, when he came up with the destination options, which this is my dude, this is what he liked. He likes DR, Colombia, and Brazil. <laughs> He's picked three, three good ones. Three good ones. Uh-huh. Brazil couldn't happen because it's festival. It's tough to get 
out there and all of the extra stuff. So it was like, DR is close or whatever. Let's just make it DR. Now, when he said the destination, I saw the first married guy go from I'm in to y'all have fun. Yeah. It was pretty fast. <laughs> pretty quick, right? Now, we expected that one. My guy, that his guy that's in the healthy marriage was like, I don't, I don't think I'm going to be able to do that. So it's between the DR and Columbia at this point? Yes. And one of them backed out on DR? Yes. Okay. Now, here's where it's interesting. So we were at the table and we were talking about it, and I was like, how do y'all know that y'all can't go before you even ask? Like, that was the part that was interesting to me. Like, y'all haven't even gotten home yet to ask the question. Well, sometimes there's conversations that you just don't even want to have. Like, what destination would they be like, oh, yeah, my wife would be cool with that? Somewhere like in North Canada? I, w- I asked that as well. <laughs> right. And pretty much. Where there are no women or if there are women, they have to have seven layers of clothes. <laughs> yes. Okay. I, I think what I have learned is if it's a, a, a destination where there are, because there's women everywhere, right? But where there are known to be women, like it's kind of, that's what people believe you go for. Then that's when it causes issues in your home. Now it's you just need to take like all of South America and just throw it out the window. Oh, Never suggest it ever again. That's kind of what I told him. I'm like, because at this point, it's just going to be me and you every time. Like, you're never going to see your other friends, right? You can't even fly over Colombia. No. So it's interesting what you said, Kristen, because some questions are not even worth asking, right? Yeah. That's what it came down to. So when I asked the question of like, how do y'all even know? Like, y'all don't even give y'all wives a chance to say what like she would or would not be comfortable with you doing. That's what he said to me. He was like, Mo, you always say that I have a healthy marriage and that you admire the way that I handle being married as a man. Mm-hmm. A part of that healthiness comes from me knowing when not even to bring things into my household. Mm-hmm. So as much as I get, because I'm looking at it like, this is one of your best friends in the world. This man is, is turning 40. It's a big deal. It's one of those. This is just where he wants to go. I don't see a world where if that's the case I'm in, mm-hmm. my wife would tell me, you can't go. So I'm going, right? In his mind, he gets my point. He understands where I'm coming from. And he's like, my wife would let me go. She wouldn't say you can't go. But I know that when I come home, I'm going to have to deal with some things mm-hmm. that I wouldn't normally have had to deal with had I just not gone. So he's telling me I can go. It's just not worth it for me That's to go. That's not really fair, though, for her to put him through that just because mm. he wants to go on a trip with his guys. But they've navigated this relationship in this marriage, and he knows what works and yeah. what doesn't work, and this isn't really a sacrifice for him. For me, <laughs> as an Enneagram 7, uh, and I don't like to be told what to do at all, this kind of relationship would not work. But for him, it seems to be working fine. So the question became, is that actually a healthy relationship? Because in his mind... That's as healthy as a relationship gets. But us, as mm-hmm. the guys who were not married and are looking to be married one day, would you, I don't know that you would consider it, he- is it healthy or is it toxic if you know that you cannot ask your wife to go somewhere because you know it's going to come with some things mm-hmm. you don't want to deal with? To me, it's mm-hmm. like if you're sick, but you refuse to go to the doctor. Like, you might never get a diagnosis, but like, you're still dealing with the stuff at home. So for me, I personally don't think it's healthy. I feel like you're ignoring a problem that seems normal because you've found a way to work around it. You've found a way to work around a problem in your relationship. But 
I mean, for me, this isn't a relationship I would want to be a part of. Um, I've even dealt with this with um, other couples in my life where I've noticed that they kind of enable things uh, that their partner does. And I've called them out on it. I'm like, why don't you just like grow a spine? And they're like, well, I know what I'm gonna have to deal with if I bring it up and it's my relationship. So I'm gonna do what's best to make sure those problems don't come up. It obviously bothers us. But it doesn't bother him. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Yeah, I don't if think... If it doesn't bother him and he's he's cool with it and he's happy and it's... Then then at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Everybody's relationship DNA is just so different, right? Like I've been in relationships where uh, it hasn't worked for me where they're like, look, I want to know... If you're heading to the gym, just shoot me a text going, hey, I'm heading to the gym. Hey, if you are going to a, uh, a meeting, just, you know what? I would love to know that you're on your way to a meeting. That relationship don't work for me, okay? (laughs) But for others, that is perfectly healthy, and it gives them confidence and security. But I don't know that you can say that one's toxic and one's not. It's just a different DNA. That's fair. Okay, Mm -hmm. so pretty much because it works for him, it's a healthy relationship. And he's been married how long? Uh, That man been married about 10 years now, I think, happily. And up until this point, it was a relationship that you really admired. Yeah, uh, up until this point, exactly. <laughs> maybe, maybe I should have asked them to blink twice. Was... <laughs> Do you need help? Do you need help? Good morning, George. You're on the Burt Show. Hey, I just want to say uh, to, to answer uh, to, to Mo's question here, sometimes guys in, in those healthy relationships, we wouldn't even want to be in those situations where we might do something that we will regret. So sometimes it's not even always about, you know, having to talk to the wife, ask permission, or even deal with it when, when you get back, it's like, I don't even want to be in a situation where I could do something that I would regret. You know? All right. Whole pl- wait, wait, take that down for a second. We're going to go down a different avenue here. Go I don't ahead. like it either. I don't, I don't like it. I, I feel what you're saying, but I feel like when men say that, y'all, y'all make us seem like we just have no control over ourselves. Like That's you crappy. can't yep. put yourself in that kind of environment and actually like not fold to the temptation <laughs> because no. we're just animals. Right. Like I don't like that. Too. Yes. Uh, I appreciate that call. I just hate it. Uh, I, <laughs> I just hate it for men because that is what women are going to hear right there, that a man can't control himself. I want to believe that if you have real love and you have real trust, you could put me in a room with 100 beautiful Colombian women and I'm not, I'm not doing anything. And I feel like if that message was relayed more from men, then maybe there are a lot of wives who would feel more comfortable in these situations with letting a guy go celebrate his friend's birthday. I do believe you can have full control as a man. For yes. sure 100%. you can. Yes. The Bird Show. Warning. Warning. Valentine's Day is coming. There are eight days before Valentine's Day. You have been warned. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Burt Show's entertainment buzz. You know how The Simpsons is known for predicting the future? Like, they'll write a sketch about it, and then somehow it happens, like, ten years later. This time, I think a celeb's own TV show character might have done the same thing. So, Miley Cyrus, who, by the way, absolutely crushed it at the Grammys, won Record of the Year over the weekend for her song, Flowers. Well-deserved award. And 15 years ago, there was an episode of her sitcom, Hannah Montana, where her character, Miley, was writing a speech for, you guessed it, Record of the Year. Here you go, check it out. Thank you, Grammy voters. Record of the Year, I can't believe it, I had nothing prepared. Oh yeah, I can cry like that. Watch. Lady Gaga. Beyonce, I can't believe I'm even in the same category as you. 
It's so cool. What a full, full circle moment. Yeah. Like going from Hannah Montana to winning a Grammy for her own record under her own name. Go Miley. I only watched like an hour and a half of it, but her performance uh, was the highlight of the Grammys for me. That and the Jay-Z stuff. Oh, yeah. Whatever it is, Miley Cyrus has it. Like, she yeah. is such a rock star. She she has a an it factor where she's so confident, but you never take it as arrogance. Yes. You know what I'm saying? She's so endearing, and her confidence is so contagious. Like, I was looking at her going, damn, I want to be like that. I she's know. just unapologetically Miley. Yes. Mm. She has one of those personalities that I'm so jealous of where she can be kind of brash and harsh and nobody takes it, like you mm. said, in a personal way, because it's it just so her that it makes sense. Like, when she's in the middle of her performance and saying, why aren't y'all singing along with this? Yeah. You're just like, this is Miley. Sincerely uh. the greatest example of not giving AF. 100%. Uh-huh. I think Liam has Hemsworth may have taken uh, some of that song a little yeah. personal. Um, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I forgot that he probably wouldn't agree with us. Yeah. I would say it is going to take a very special man to be with her, for yes. sure. She's got a new boy. Yeah, she? she mm-hmm. he, she's going to eat him up. I don't even know who it is. <laughs> He's probably just happy to be there. All right, I wouldn't normally call Demi Lovato tone deaf because her voice is so amazing, but <laughs> she did something over the weekend that was just... That it was so tone deaf that I cannot believe it's real life. It had to have been calculated because she knew who she was performing for. Mm-hmm. So it, to me, it was intentional. But why? She's defending it. You mean literally tone deaf? Like she sang something that was off note or said something that was so tone deaf? She sang something that was so tone okay. deaf. So she sang her hit song Heart Attack at a heart disease event for the American Heart <laughs> Association's Oops. Go Red oh, for my. Women campaign. Oops. This is an event. <laughs> this, is an, uh, this is an annual concert. I feel so bad that we're laughing because it's kind of messed up. Uh, it aims to celebrate a commitment to investing in women's heart health. Here is a video of her approaching a woman who appears to have gone through some kind of cancer journey and she is singing heart heart attack at this event. She walks up to the woman, just singing right at her. (laughs) I can't believe that this got approved. Unless her PR team was like, you know, what would be really funny this weekend? (laughs) Well, so um, having hosted my fair share of charity events and having participated in a a heart health event for women, because heart health is is a very, um, is very serious among women and for women's health, right? So I did something for the American Heart Association and they have, I mean, the organization that goes into an event like that, they know everything. So they had to have known. It wasn't like she came out. I would be shocked if she came out and surprised them. Like, because you go, you do a rehearsal, you do mic checks, you do all this stuff. So I'm assuming they were aware and thought maybe it was fitting for the audience and raising awareness. <laughs> I, but still, that I was had just to go like, through a lot of levels of cluelessness. Man, right. I don't know. But it's hey, but again, <laughs> but again, maybe it's one of those deals where like they know if we if they would do this, it'll go viral and people will I talk about it, and then they'll talk about women's health and heart issues. Or it could be an oversight. Keep in mind, this is the morning show that accidentally about a decade ago on Martin Luther King Day took the day off, but had one black employee working that morning. And th- the employee never said anything. Nothing. No, not all. a word. And we. Really? 
didn't even realize until like the next day. So, I mean, we're being hypocrites here. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. We used to do a celebrity dance challenge for an eating disorder um, organization that supported education around it. And about halfway into training, I realized the song that my partner and I had picked has the words, if you want a hot body, you better work, bitch. Oh. No. Uh-huh. So we had to scrap the whole song and start over. <laughs> Luckily, we caught it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and choose some kind of song that's just food related. But yeah, she is, she's defending this. Um, a representative for her said she spoke on the mind-heart connection. It was a sensitive moment mm. intended to champion the women in the room. The very reason why Demi was at the <laughs> event. Oops. So, shout out Demi. All right, rumor has it this A-lister will perform with Usher during the Super Bowl halftime show. I'll fill you in on the theory on your next e-buzz on The Burt Show. Listen. It's the Burt Show. Um, Abby, do you know what a red flag is in football when the red flag is thrown? Oh, you could have just said red flag, and I would have been like, oh, when a guy wears a backwards hat and cargos. <laughs> uh, it is when something it uh, something bad hasn't happened yet, but it will. No. Um, uh-uh. um, it's when a play happens, and one of the other teams goes, no, 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 the refs got that wrong. They throw the flag, the red flag, and they challenge it. That's when you see all the refs under the cameras, and they're taking a look at all the angles and stuff. I'm calling one on you. Oh, God, what? Cassie, go ahead, grab a mic. Do we want to uh, go ahead and call you out? Because I'm pretty sure you just lost $1,000. No, no. I'm pretty sure you did. Interns, interns, get in here. Interns, I'm calling you. I need you to come in here and defend my, my honor my bank account. You have been challenged. <laughs> there is a challenge on the play. No, I was just playing with you. She, Abby, so I came in uh. here and was like, Abby, no, for real, I promise you. I came in here and I was like, Abby, there is the cutest guy in the break room right now. Never seen him before. Right, hold on, let me set this up here because there's $1,000 on the table for Abby for 30 days that I've challenged her. Like, no guys, no talk. You don't try to attract them. You get off the dating apps, everything. And I'm telling you right now, guys will start flocking themselves towards you. That's the way the universe works. You just have to ignore them. And I said, if you can do that for for 30 days, I will give you $1,000 now. And so I, being a disruptor and an enabler and a drama queen came in here was like oh my god and the bar is so low all this poor guy did was just say hi like that's all he did while getting coffee and i'm like oh i've got a friend who would be perfect for you <laughs> well, let me go so i just said hi and literally ran to the studio and was like abby you gotta go to the break room he's so cute anyway at so- that point no offense has been taken yet because she's sitting in the studio you tell her that there's some hottie and mm-hmm. if she doesn't leave the studio and go near him then we got no problem Right. And so then Abby left the studio and she walked down the hallway and I caught her talking to the intern. She did absolutely nothing wrong. And the interns are here as my witness. Yes, that is 100% true. There was no look. There was no flirty anything. Zero. Okay. What what were we in there doing? Tell them. We were talking about Justin Bieber. We're talking about Justin Bieber for the e-buzz because I walked in there. I was like, y'all, it's a slow news day. Whoever can pitch me the best entertainment news story can come in and chat with me. And given money for Rebecca. Mm. Oh, yeah. Well, we can't, yeah, we can't say the surprise, but we're also planning something <laughs> for Rebecca as well. Surprise! Way to go, Caroline. We did dispatch Amber to go and do some recon, but that was me. 
I, I dispatched him. And Amber, when you did your recon, did Her. you come back and did you report it to Abby? I think that Cassie has been hallucinating attractive men because I walked this whole floor <laughs> and I did not see the man that you described. I did see Hold someone. Why so, did you so, send the lesbian to look for the hot guy? <laughs> hey, because I know a handsome man when I see one. I just don't want to do it. That's can, it. She can be objective about it. Yeah, I think not- Mo was very attractive, but I don't want to do anything with him. <laughs> yeah. oh, no, thank you. There's more. <laughs> There's so much more offensive here. So you're like, no, I did a lap around the whole building. Didn't see one good-looking guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're right now in the hallways. Well, I didn't see everybody in the hallways, but... Mm. <laughs> all, this, all this is, we want to drop about Abby, but it's really just commentary on my sad, lonely, pathetic parents. <laughs> I saw a mannequin and was like, it's a boy! <laughs> I'm so attracted to it. I thought Cassie was doing me a solid by trying to save me $1,000 and setting you up. That's well, what you should be mad at. You should be mad at Cassie. I forgot about that. I really thought I was having my girls back. I saw like a cutie with a smile and was like, let me get that together. How can you forget about that? We li- we talk about it every single day in the 6 o'clock hour. I, I guess love is it's just more money. important than money. <laughs> that is not true. Let me tell you. Uh, all right, so, so far, you're still in good standing. Am I going to need an escort when I have to go to the bathroom yes. after this break? I don't know. Are you meeting that guy in there? <laughs> Maybe. You didn't Is have there anything hair. you would want to confess up until this point that would somehow, someway, I'm just saying you're on the honor system here, but there is $1,000 on the line. Have you been close in any way, shape, or form? Zero percent. And you guys have been supervising, so I was with y'all all weekend. Y'all know I don't leave my apartment during the week anyway, so... <laughs> If I was going to meet a man, it would be in the break room. But it, I wasn't because I was in the intern's room. And we're all going to be at the club together on Friday night. Right. Yeah. But okay, so so yes, I, yeah. at the club, you'll got, you guys will get to supervise me. And because yeah. I'm going out Friday, y'all know I'm not going out on Saturday because mm-hmm. you have balance. But men can approach her, right? Yeah, right. Okay. So at the club, they come up to you, then you don't have to turn them down, right? Yeah, and there's a little bit of a fine line here on Friday night because... Singles if, night. Yeah, um, because it's a work night also. So you don't want to be rude to any dude that comes up to you. But you're also going to have to be on the honor system to just like not give the vibe back. You can't give them the whammy. You just got to take off. Yeah. So if I just shut you down ASAP on Friday, you know it's because I'm trying to I'm trying to get paid. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. So you're still in good standing. We're okay. I am. Okay. Cassie is my witness. Okay. If you listen to The Burt Show, you know we call romantic alone time piano playing. And if you want to get a little bit better at playing your music sheet between the sheets, the best way to get started is to go to adamandeve.com right now. Adam and Eve is offering 50% off just about any item, plus free shipping and rush processing. And that's not all. When you select your one item, you'll also get a free kit that includes an item for him, a special toy for her, and something we know you'll both enjoy. The kit includes six free movies for your viewing pleasure, and Adam and Eve wants to make your life easy. They've got discreet shipping as your privacy is a priority, plus 100% free shipping with rush processing on your entire order. Bring more pleasure and satisfaction into your piano playing room. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item, something adventurous or something you've always desired. Just enter code Abby, A-B-B-Y at checkout. That's Abby, A-B-B-Y at adamandeve.com. This is an exclusive offer specific to this podcast, so be sure to use code Abby to get your discount at adamandeve.com. 
Eating better is just one of the things that makes me feel better. And you know what also makes me feel better? Not having to clean up my kitchen when I just want to eat. This living alone thing is great until you realize you're responsible for all the cooking and cleaning around the apartment. And something that's been really helpful for me around mealtime is Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You've got over 35 different options to choose from each week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus and Keto. Each meal takes about two minutes to heat up and there's so many yummy options like pancakes, smoothies, and more. Also, you know I love an afternoon snack and there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is also super flexible, so if you want to pause and skip for a couple of weeks, you can totally do that. Head to factormeals.com slash breakup50 and use code breakup50 to get 50% off. That's code breakup50 at factormeals.com slash breakup50 to get 50% off. Listen, it's the Bird Show. All right, so why would a dude decide like, you know what, our kid's third birthday party, really not all that important. I think what I'm going to do is just go to the Super Bowl and miss our kid's birthday. Major foul, right? All right, this email, is he wrong or not? Dear Bird Show, help, help, help. There is one issue hovering over my marriage right now, and my husband and I have been fighting since last Sunday because of it. Why last Sunday? Because that's when the San Francisco 49ers made it to the Super Bowl. Apparently, this is a once-in-a-lifetime experience. It is not. When I say lifetime, I'm talking his lifetime. Mm -hmm. He grew up in California. He and his dad would watch the 49ers every Sunday. They went to a few games together, and my husband said they are some of the best memories he has. They didn't have a lot in common, except the 49ers was the one thing that brought them together. His dad passed away six weeks ago and was buried with a 49ers uniform. Damn. That's the level of love they have for that team. That, okay. is, that is serious. That right adds something to it. Okay. My husband is determined to go to Las Vegas and see them play in the Super Bowl, which will cost us a small fortune, but we can swing it. So what's the problem? Our son's third birthday is the day before the Super Bowl. We've been planning this for months, and the 49ers being in the Super Bowl wasn't really ever considered. He wants to skip the birthday for the Super Bowl. We have all his and my relatives either coming into town or will be attending. All of them. I know very little about football. In fact, I know nothing about football. But I do know that any game isn't important enough to miss your child's birthday. Am I wrong? I'm just... I'm just shocked she's more concerned about him missing the third birthday and not the $20,000 ticket he's going to have to purchase for the Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I heard something like the cheapest ticket was going for like five grand or something like that. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, same thing every year, right? That's to sit in the nosebleeds. Yeah. paying about 5000 yeah. All right, so this guy doesn't even have his flight to Vegas yet. So, yeah, let's just take the budget out of it because she says they can swing it. So let's just pretend they can. All right, that's out. So, Mo, who's right and who's wrong here? It's layers here, right? Uh-huh. Um, as a as a lifelong Dallas Cowboys fan, and in a similar situation where I, I, it it just comes from being uh, in the family and my dad passing it on to me, me and my dad have bonded over this over my entire life, really. And it has always been known in my family and amongst my circle that if the Dallas Cowboys go to the Super Bowl and I can afford to be there, I will be there. So I do actually think. Especially if you're a Dallas Cowboys fan. It's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity (laughs) if your team really makes it to the Super Bowl. Now, with that being said, 
I do feel like he dropped the ball here because the 49ers, uh-huh. <laughs> the 49ers have been really good all year. Mm-hmm. And you should not have planned anything around the Super Bowl because they had a very good chance of going from day one. If if I had already planned it, which I would not have done. Oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> ha, I, I, ah, that is tough, man. Because what is he really going to know that you're wearing that is three? It's three-year-old birthday party. Say it, Mo. Say it. Say it. Say it. Say it. Say it. Say it. And my dad just passed. Yep. I'm going to the Super Bowl. Yep. I would encourage my husband to go to the Super Bowl. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Same, same with me because I know the 49ers are hurting from the last time they lost the Super Bowl. This is your second chance to maybe see them win. They're not going to because Travis Kelsey's on the Chiefs and he's going to beat them. But I, I, I think it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Who knows when the 49ers will get to go to the Super Bowl again. And your kid's not going to remember the third birthday. But if it happens again in 10 years when he's 13, he'll probably remember that one. Mm-hmm. So as a, a parent who has a child who's turning three here in just a couple of um, months, um, and he's he's a March Madness baby, right? And so we take that into consideration when we are planning set events because we're Kentucky fans, and we we typically have a pretty good run. Um, some of the past couple of years, but we don't know about. Yeah, it, I mean, if it's a third birthday, and I know family's going to be there and whatnot. Um, and but it's a fact that his dad died six mm-hmm. weeks ago, and this is going to be such a sentimental moment. I would one hundred percent encourage him to do so. But you're going to have to make it up on the back end um, and do something special just the family for the kid for his third birthday. Cassie, who hates the sports, <laughs> the sports. This is the only time you can do this at the age of three. After that, they're going to remember. It's going to be obvious. And here's the thing: the Super Bowl sounds like in your kid's birthday are always going to be around the same same time. So it's not like oh, next year it might be different. Go this year, but you need to make sure everything is planned for that party. You need to pitch hmm. in as much as possible. You better do something special for your kid on the back end or else, I won't say your wife, but mm-hmm. I would hold it against my husband forever if he didn't make sure everything was buttoned up before he went. My sons and I have had this talk before, all right, because I am a Chargers fan, originally from San Diego. Now they're in a, a city northern of there. Um, and I'm a Padres fan also. And I have dragged mostly my son Hollis into becoming a fan of both those teams also. It is heartbreak every single year. And he also knows that I have never watched them win a championship. We have, I have made them promise that because I, I am confident neither one of those teams will ever win a championship while I'm alive, that I am setting money aside for both of them to go to the championship if they are ever in it. So it's already done. I would be pissed if they didn't go to that Super Bowl or that World Series. Even if their kids are having a third or fourth birthday, I will haunt them from beyond. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm 100% like, this is a once, you never know when your team's going to get back. Are we all unanimous in saying We are. I am very shocked. I thought I was going to be alone (laughs) in this. No, screw you, kid. (laughs) Listen, it's the Bird Show. Been holding on to an outrageous secret. If so, we want to be the first to hear it, but we are willing to pay you $100 for that secret. We call it The Truth Will Set You Free. You tell us your secret. We determine A, if it's true, which we really don't care, and B, um, if it's worth $100. But you got to call us right now, 1 855 Bird Show. So while you guys are calling and lining up, maybe to get that 100 bucks, Cassie, is she being the a hole for taking 100 bucks out of the server's tip? She says, my husband and I do fairly well for ourselves. Not well enough that we have no financial burdens, but well enough that we can enjoy nice things and like to help others when we can. 
One way I like to do this is leaving a large cash tip when a server does particularly well or is someone we really connect with. Last night, we went to one of our spots and we were served by a nice young lady I'm guessing is in her early 20s. I decided to leave 200 bucks cash for our $46 bill. I left the cash on the table after the check came and not needing change, we just got up and left. Our server ran us down at the door and somewhat angrily demanded that we must pay and we couldn't just run out on the bill. I asked her if she had looked at the table and she said she hadn't. I walked back to our table with her, took the $200 and replaced it with 50 bucks, small enough to cover the bill and leave a small tip. I told her I would have appreciated it would have appreciated it if she would have glanced at the table first or approached us with a question <clears throat> mm-hmm. instead of just assuming we were running out on the bill. She seemed an embarrass, uh, embarrassed and we parted ways. My husband says I'm totally being the a-hole because I could and even should have just left the 200 bucks. I don't think I'm the a-hole because I think she could have handled the whole situation better and I don't appreciate being called mm. a thief. For clarification, when she rushed us at the door, she walked right past a chest-high partition wall where you could very clearly see our table and the cash that was left. So, is she the a-hole for taking 100 bucks away from her server's tip? Mm. Mm. A- absolutely. In my opinion, she had a small oversight. I mean, she looked at the table. She saw some cash. She's not used to seeing hundreds of dollars of bills on. Uh, I'm, I'm picturing this as like a beef Brady. She's not picturing $200 sitting on the table. She's thinking, oh, this, she just left me a tip and that she didn't pay the bill. Normally, people pay with credit cards. So in her mind, she's thinking, I got to catch these guys or I'm going to get fired. So she was obviously very frantic and, and panicked about doing the wrong thing. She may This may have been her first week on the job. And so for you to turn around, take her to the table, and then before her eyes take the money away, I feel like that's a total a-hole move. Yeah, I feel like the um, punishment doesn't meet the crime. Um, And having been a server, obviously things are different now. I think probably 99% of people pay with some kind of card. They don't pay with cash now. So for somebody to get up from the table and leave and not have paid with a credit, like you, that would be your first assumption is like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. they're, they're dining and dashing because I can't remember the last time I had to get changed for somebody or somebody pay with cash. So yes, it, w- it was an oversight. And while I know you don't um, appreciate being accused of being a thief, uh, I think it was an honest mistake. So to, to like, to walk her over to the table, like you said, Abby, and to do it right in front of her face and, and to like embarrass her. If I were you, I would have been like, and when she approached you at the door, be like, the bill's taken care of. It's on the table and just walked out and just left it at that. And then hopefully she, she, there's like a valuable lesson there for her. So I guess I'm going to take the other side of this because I, I, I do believe the punishment doesn't fit the crime. I completely agree there. Um, and I do think it was an honest mistake, but I completely understand her feeling offended. Like, as somebody who was a server once, that that's a part of your job, to bust the table. And I feel like if you would have done your job to completion and paid attention, you would have noticed that the, it was paid for and the tip and a nice tip was left and you would have no business or no reason accusing this person of being a thief. So I do get why she feels like the least you could have done was to look at the table, see what was left before you called me a thief. Mm-hmm. I would not have taken the money back, but I get the offense. I would not have taken the money back either. However, I definitely would have set the record straight. But I'm also empathetic to that this server has probably had this happen to her Uh, time and time again. Mm. So that must have been the default because I think the first time you probably let it go and then you get your ass chewed by the manager. So you're making that assumption so I could understand it. Especially if it's happened to you before. Yeah. 
I wonder if she took away any of the money because in the back of her mind, she kind of regretted leaving that big of a tip. So, I mean, that's well over, I mean, that's a $150 tip. I wonder if her mind, she was also kind of like, mm, I probably shouldn't have left that much money too. And no, then they do that on the regular though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's their thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it makes you feel really, really, really yeah. good. And when it's not appreciated immediately, you're probably like, then screw you. Yeah. Right. No yeah. good deed goes unpunished. Right. Your favorite phrase. <laughs> All right. The truth will set you free. There is a hundred dollars on the line right now. You just have to tell us a deep, dark secret that maybe you haven't even told anybody else. We will determine if your secret is worth a hundred bucks, and they usually are. Hey, Brittany. Good morning. You are on the Burt Show. Hey. Good morning. How are you guys? Great. Okay. There's a hundred dollars. Tell us the secret. Okay. Well, I've been holding on to this since I was like seven. Okay. okay. So, um. My friend's rabbit passed away, and I felt really bad, and I knew that these um, people in our neighborhood left these, had these rabbits in their backyard as, like, pets, or I don't know what they did with them. So I went and I took one that looked just like hers, and I gave it to her as a gift. So you stole somebody else's rabbit to replace hers? I did. <laughs> and, you, and you were seven years old at the time? I was seven because I felt she was, like, really upset. She was my best friend. and uh, She just wanted to make her friend feel better. I think that's so sweet. I took, I took their rabbit. They had, like, five. So I took one of them that looked like hers. And I oh. gave it to her, and I said, I have you a rabbit. Oh, <laughs> yeah. She was oh, seven. Yeah. They had five rabbits. They, they yeah. probably yeah. didn't even miss it because if you have five rabbits, in about five minutes, you're going to have about 25 right. rabbits. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> That's what I thought. Yeah. So I waited on her porch till she got home holding this rabbit. Bless your heart. Yeah, you can have $100. Yeah. 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 Sweet little, sweet little thing. <laughs> We're looking for something uh, way more scandalous than that. I uh, actually like the wholesomeness because the, before they've been a little too scandalous for me. Well, <laughs> buckle in. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Neat. Hey, Diane, you're on the voices, guys. Or go for it. Hey, guys. Um, so... When I was about 16, um, my my best friend, we've been best friends for 30 years now, she lost her virginity, uh, you know, in a hotel room one night, but she doesn't know to this day that earlier that day, uh, I slept with the guy in that hotel room before she lost her virginity, and I, and I'm taking it to my grave, and I actually appreciate this opportunity. Don't let it out. <laughs> <laughs> She's embracing. She's like, I feel like such a relief. <laughs> I can finally breathe again. <laughs> All right. So were they were they dating? Were they boyfriend girlfriend? Uh, it, it, it was it was complicated. Okay. I guess. Okay. All right. But okay. regardless, you slept with him that day, and then later on, she lost her V card to him that night. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah, you were just the practice round. I'm not I got a it. terrible person, I promise. No, Nobody's no, no, saying no. you are. Yeah, you were 16. <laughs> yeah, I think you get the $100. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got it out and you get the $100. <laughs> $100. Yep. Yeah, thank you guys so much. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. Oh, furry convention? Okay, oh, let's do that. Okay. Good morning, Ryan. Tell us about this furry convention. <laughs> so... Um, I live in Atlanta, and I, there's a lot of conventions like Dragon Con, MomoCon, but there's one called FWA, which is Furry Week in Atlanta. And I happen to go with some friends, and I end up hooking up with somebody who, ironically enough, is the same person I went to go interview for this company. And, and the only reason I knew was her, because we started talking about conventions, and she showed me a picture of her fursuit, and I was like, oh, 
okay. And she didn't realize it was me because I was borrowing a friend's first suit as well. And when we did did the deed, we kept the heads on. So, <laughs> Ryan, for just the, the full visual, what type of furry were you and what type of furry was she? So I was a snow leopard. Okay. She was a, uh, uh, a kind of like a tigress. Ooh, like, sexy. Imagine like hey. tigress from like. <laughs> kind of kept, kind of kept it in the family. Yeah. Okay, Chris hey, and I'm just spitballing. We've got a bitter ball event where people are going to be wearing heads, uh-huh. and this guy's got experience. Yes. I'm just saying. We're good. We have our bachelors. Thank you. Yeah, I, I think you get a hundred dollars for that. That's pretty neat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you hire her? We did. Uh, well, I, I'm still waiting. Oh. So oh. I, I'm I'm planning to the her company, but I'm still waiting on it. You're still waiting to find out if you got the job? Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, got it. Well, all right. That's a, that's a neat time. That's a good time right there. That's a good time had by all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got 100 bucks on yeah. that. All right, here is Alex. Alex, good morning. You are on the Burt Show. There's $100 on the line for your deepest, darkest secret. Hey, good morning. Um, my secret is that, well, my friend, he met his fiance in Mexico. She's from Mexico. And... Uh, they had been talking for a while. He brought her around November. They, she was over here on a visa for a month, and they're scheduled to get married in December. And she went back for Christmas to spend with her family, and he went back with her. But he came back by himself. And he's supposed to go back when they get married this next December. And he just told me that he doesn't want to get married, and he's not going back. <laughs> and she so, doesn't know? And she doesn't know. Oh, and, damn. And there's no so, way she's going to be knocking on his door because she can't get wow. back in the country. Nope. He's going to go That's for right. her in an engagement? So this morning, yeah, so this morning when I heard you guys tell you wanted to hear a secret. I just—I was like, this is my chance. Oh, yeah. That's a solid one right there. Yeah. You got $100, right? That's, that's a lot one. of pesos, friend. <laughs> Hold on. Yes. Thank you. The Burt Show. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Burt Show's entertainment buzz. Usher is getting ready to take the Super Bowl halftime stage, but... Will he be taking the stage alone? Well, Kiss108 on TikTok says there's a theory going around that Justin is actually gearing up to join him at the Super Bowl. Okay, Justin Bieber may or may not be joining Usher for his Super Bowl halftime performance. So we all know that Justin Bieber has been a little MIA since canceling his tour due to his Ramsey Hunt syndrome, but he's been uploading pictures of him rehearsing in a rehearsal space, and he captioned it with a shh emoji. What's the big secret, Justin? And in his little rehearsal, photo dumps we got this picture but look very closely at this teleprompter with lyrics gotta give credit to at bieber Vellis on tiktok for breaking this down she filled in the lyrics to what seems to be peaches and justin bieber did a remix of peaches featuring usher and usher also posted a photo of him with a peach so he may be trying to allude to the fact that they may be performing their remix together which would be so great hmm. It's been a while since I've seen Usher and Justin do anything together because Usher, I don't know if it was like his manager or like his mentor, but mm-hmm. I'm, I remember that was like the big story back in the day. He had to choose between Justin Timberlake and Usher mm-hmm. and he went with uh, Usher from ATO. That is a true story. So um, the very first radio interview Justin Bieber ever did was in the studio right here. And the only way I would take it was Scooter Braun saying that, hey, 
I'll bring Usher in studio for an interview. But if I do that, then you also have to interview this new kid named Justin Bieber. And I went, oh, I'll, I'll take the I'll take the Usher interview for sure. Because he had just broken up with his wife also. So I thought we were going to get all sorts of tea on that. Um, and Usher was on for a very short amount of time. And then Justin... <laughs> Took off right after. I mean, we didn't have anything to do with it, but um, it was a package deal at the time. Yeah, win-win situation. Okay, Jacob Elordi, you'll know him if you saw the movie Saltburn. I can't get his image out of my mind. But Jacob Elordi from Euphoria and Saltburn, he's been involved in a police investigation after an alleged altercation with a radio producer. So I want y'all to picture this. Picture Mikey going up to Jacob Elordi <laughs> with a phone or a camera and asking him if he can have some of his bath water to bring back to the studio for the show or he whatever. Like a jar or something. Like this radio producer hands him a jar and says, can I get some of your bath water? Isn't this what? great? This is why radio has the reputation it does. <laughs> yeah. uh, did you listen to the audio of this whole thing? I have the, the transcript here where he's explaining what's happening. He was actually really, really cool about it at first and then lost his S for some whatever reason. I, I can imagine. So Jacob Elordi to me strikes me as the type of actor who hates the fame part of it, which is not like a new thing or anything. But I really get the sense that from an early start in his career, he was on those like kissing booth movies, which are very much like... <sighs> I, th I think he felt like he wasn't taken seriously as an actor and, you know, was kind of used as like a prop to like show your abs and, you know, to get the teen girls going. And I think he really resents that. And I think he really resents the fame that came from that. So I think now that he's doing the quote unquote serious roles with like Saltburn and Euphoria, I think when he gets some kind of hokey guy in his face, you know, trying to pinpoint his career to a small minuscule part of the movie, I think it really enraged him. It did. Uh, and you could hear it. But at first he was trying to be cool. But I do have a pet peeve with celebrities that don't want to talk about the foundation of their celebrity. Even though it was projects that they wouldn't want to take now, it's still it got them in the arena to where they are now. So to say like, I hate talking about those back in the day, it I just find it off-putting. I think it's a bad look and it makes me sad because I, I've seen a couple of interviews with Jacob and he seems so cool. Like he seems like the kind of guy that you would want to have a beer with. But I do think this is the one thing that really gets under his skin is, you know, the hokey radio stuff or like TMZ sure. people coming up to him, which I don't think anybody can blame him for. But, um, yeah, it's, it, it would be exhausting. Yeah. You know, every time I see. Taylor Swift now on camera in a candid moment. I think the same thing for her. Like at some point or not, it's amazing she hasn't blown up yet because there is nowhere in the world. At somebody? At somebody. There's nowhere in the world that she can go without somebody putting a phone in front of her or doing a prank in front of her. She can't have any kind of authentic moments without cameras picking up on it. At some point, she's. I would think that she's going to snap also. I love how her and Lana Del Rey had fans at the Grammys. Like oh my these pop-out fans to cover their mouths so they could have conversations without because they're I'm not going to lie there's a lip reader I follow on Instagram um, she's deaf and she reads lips and so when they're at her award show she will sit there and she will break down what the people are saying and it's highly entertaining granted it's very intrusive but it's still highly right. entertaining but now they know to have those fans in front of their face to block their lips so you can't do any lip reading I've said it a trillion times I don't know who would sign up for that kind of celebrity where you don't have I mean zero privacy well I'm sure the billions of dollars help but, uh -huh. you know. Did the dude at least admit what he was planning on doing with the bathwater? Because I still want to know. <laughs> what was he going to do? I think it was just a radio bit. Like, he was yeah. going to bring in Jacob. You know, we'll okay. go bring it in. I think the bit was to get a reaction out of the dude, and he did. Yeah. yeah. For more stories, head to the Bird Show podcast on your favorite listening platform. 
Hey, the Burt Show. Maybe I've been going to gyms too long. Just the <clears throat> irritation factor now going to the gym is high for me. <laughs> it really is. I wish A, I could afford, and B, I wish I had the patience to have my own home gym. But I like going to a gym. I like hearing the clanks of the weights, the music. It caters to my ADD or hotties all over the place. I kind of like it. <laughs> you know? But it's becoming more of an irritant, and it has everything to do with cell phones and etiquette when it comes to sitting on a bench, scrolling through your phone rather than sharing the time together. You mean people are selfish and oblivious? I just wish James would just (laughs) put signs up that just say 60 seconds in between sets is all you have to sit on it. And it's just one irritant after the other. (laughs) And I think maybe I've just been working out there too long, but there are more too. Abby here thinks that she's been framed by her gym. (laughs) Yeah, every gym has a very certain unspoken set of etiquette rules, and I think somebody framed me for breaking one of them. (laughs) So a little context, I haven't been to the gym, I think in like six and a half weeks. So I got a nose job and... And you're not supposed to do any kind of heavy lifting for about six weeks because what kind of lifting you do with your nose. Well, I mean, like if you bend over and stuff, you might fall on your face or you might strain something. There's muscles in your nose. You don't want to like bend something out of place. Your face is very delicate for like six huh. weeks. I just bumped my nose on the mic and I'm I'm, I'm almost in tears. It hurts really? a little bit. Yeah, I'm, wow. I'm, I'm I got, in a lot of pain. I got a nose job 30 years ago. That's why I haven't been able to go to the gym either. <laughs> <laughs> that old nose day. So, One day on. <laughs> <laughs> Chest and nose today. <laughs> so you probably have been to a, a gym like this where, you know, uh, everyone kind of has a specific spot that they like to go to. There's, you know, you go in and you sign up for a certain spot. And a, a lot of people like me are creatures of habit. You get used to one certain set of weights, one certain side of the room with a certain lighting that makes you look a certain way. Or for me, I choose the spot that's not in front of the mirror because I don't want to look by yourself. Oh, I, I totally like this idea. A dark gym where you can't see yourself for the most insecure of gym enthusiasts. That's not dangerous at all. But for people, like for creatures of habit like you and I, so I intentionally get to my, go to my yoga studio early so I can get my spot. I like to be in the second row far left next to the wall. And when I walk in and I see somebody in like my spot, I'm like, Abby and I were going down in the elevator yesterday, and she's all rushed. I got to get to my Orange Theory class, right? (laughs) And it's like 10.15 or something like that or whatever, 10.30 or 11.15. And I'm like, well, when's your class? And she's like, not till noon. It was 45 minutes, and the Orange Theory class is right down the street. I'm like, why do you need to get there so early? And you had a whole list of reasons why you needed to be there early. Yes, I'm a creature of habit. (laughs) I like to be in my certain spot. And so, Kristen, I'm like you where I know me. I know that the quality of my workout depends on my... My mood, and I'm gonna be in a bad mood if someone takes my spot. <laughs> so I, having a lot of personal responsibility, show up 15 minutes early. The Same. girls who work the, the front desk know this because I come in like clockwork every <laughs> single day at 11:45. Sometimes they even write my name down before I walk in because they're like, "Abby signed up. We know she likes spot 11." Shout out to you guys, the <laughs> P ones. And, and I just know that know that about myself, so I know that I want to be in spot 11. So last week was my first time at the gym. Uh, for the first time in almost seven weeks. And I was a little nervous because I haven't worked out in a while. I'm like, how did weights work? So I go uh, to my normal time. Uh, with my with my normal instructors, everything's fine. I'm like, oh, I know how weightlifting works again, and so I'm feeling pretty confident. I'm like, I'm gonna go back again, and 
And, you know, I think I could do two workouts in a row. So the next day I go to a class that I don't normally go to, different time slot, different instructor who doesn't know me, who doesn't know that I like spot 11. I need to be spot 11. Uh, otherwise, my mood's going to be off. Uh, so I go in and uh, I sign up for spot 11. And they're 20 minutes early because it's a weekend. And, you know, I'm working out. And within the first couple of minutes, the guy working out next to me goes up to me and he's like, Richard Johnson? Are you Richard Johnson? And I'm looking at him like, do I look like Richard Johnson? And he, and he just walks up and goes to the spot next to me, spot 12 or spot 13. And the whole time he's working out, he's just kind of giving me the side eye. I'm like, this poor old man, he's probably got dementia or something. He thinks I'm really Richard Johnson. And so a couple more minutes goes by. Hey, nowadays, it's 2024, man. You don't, you don't throw labels and names around anymore. He's just probably playing a conservative. Yeah. Right. I just look like a, like a small boy at the gym. And so he's working out. And then... And he's giving me the side eye. And I notice about 15 minutes into this class, he leaves. And I'm like, oh, this poor man couldn't handle the workout. That's so sad. So I, you know, the, the, the workout class ends. I end up leaving. And he's sitting there on the bench in front of the front desk. And as I'm leaving, he waves to me and he goes, bye, Richard Johnson. And I'm just very confused. I was like, why is this man calling me Richard? So I go in the next day for a class. And one of the instructors had been there uh, working the front desk from the day before. And I asked her, I was like, hey, I had the most bizarre experience with this guy who kept calling me Richard Johnson. Like, what's his story? Like, is this like a sad old man who has like memory problems? And she goes, oh no, some, um, you were in his spot, spot 11. He was written, he, he is Richard and he was mad that you had, you know, taken spot 11. I was like, first of all, I got there 20 <laughs> minutes early so that I could have my spot. He thought, thought that his spot was mine, but my spot is spot Eleven. <laughs> so that's his name, and you yes. were he was kind. Wow, so he was being a, D was being a total D word <laughs> to this poor woman who just wanted to lift some weights after her nose job. Okay, so I was framed for bad orange theory etiquette. Very upset by this. It's now the, I'm mad at him. I'm me too. Yeah, he screw, was rude. Screw Richard Johnson. Okay, no, no we're gonna. His name is Dick. Yeah. Screw Dick. That's <laughs> the Bircha. Thanks for listening. Get more Bird Show Fix at thebirdshow.com or follow us on social media at The Bird Show.